The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And in response they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. The Gospel of the Lord. You know, all this about the sound system and technology always reminds me of something that uh, Mark Cuban once said in the show Shark Tank. Someone was displaying their new technology and getting the sharks to invest in it. And Mark Cuban stood up and said, if there's one thing we know about technology, eventually it doesn't work. (laughs) And so... uh, Keep that in mind whenever you try to do something with technology. At some point, it will not work. One of the hottest topics, as well as a highly controversial one, both in the church and in secular society, is women's issues. That is, what is the proper place and role of women in society, in the family, And even in the church, without exaggerating, either to the far left or to the far right, is a happy medium even possible in the polarized perspectives that dominate the dialogue today? On the one hand, you have the Gospel of John chapter 8 and the episode of the woman caught in adultery. That seems to reflect a male-dominated culture of the first century Judaism. A woman caught in adultery was entirely and solely responsible for her sin, and therefore she should be stoned. But what about the man who committed adultery with her? After all, it takes two to tango. The male in that cultural context, 
was entirely exonerated. And the woman was the one who was censured. Clearly, this is an extremely and highly undesirable way of understanding the role of women in society and family life. A priest once told me that at weddings, he does not like to ask that traditional question, who gives the bride away? He explained that that question reflects a cultural milieu in which women were viewed as property more than as persons. The father of the bride was giving away a prized possession, to be sure, but his daughter was still seen as a possession rather than as a person. I know such traditions are beautiful and nostalgic, but we might ask, what do such traditions mean? And what do they really reflect about women? Again, this may be an undesirable exaggeration about the role and importance of women in society, family, and in the church. On the polar opposite extreme, you find currents that seek to deny all distinctions between males and females. Such perspectives maintain that men and women are fundamentally the same. And this is captured in that old slogan, whatever he can do, I can do better. <laughs> Some currents of this thought seek to obliterate all sexual differences and basically try to reduce, reduce the female to another version of a male. And the primary target of such attacks on the female are sexual differences, namely the capacity to conceive and have a baby. In this extreme view, that great gift of childbearing has been transformed into a huge liability. We hear echoes of this extreme view of women's equality even in the church. I don't know if you've been keeping up with this. In some parts of the world today, even bishops are calling for the ordination of women as priests. By the way, that question of the possibility of women being ordained as priests and the ordination of women as deacons is a separate issue was definitively put to rest by Pope St. John Paul II in his apostolic letter, Ordinatio Sacerdotalis, in 1994. He wrote unequivocally his very first line of that letter, priestly ordination, which hands on the office entrusted by Christ to his apostles of teaching, sanctifying, and governing the faithful has in the Catholic Church from the beginning always been reserved to men alone. But that definitive statement has not stopped some Catholics from calling for women to be ordained as priests. And that is an unhealthy exaggeration of the role of women. So is there a way to balance the two extremes 
and find a happy medium. Perhaps another document by John Paul II can be a good place to start. In 1998, he wrote Mulieris Dignitatem, on the dignity and vocation of women. There he spoke about something called the feminine genius. The feminine genius. Whereby women have a unique and irreplaceable role in society. Indeed, they're geniuses. But it is not the same role as women, as men, excuse me. And I think if we can begin to understand this feminine genius, we can get a balanced view of the proper place of women in society, in families, and even in the church. In the gospel, instead of condemning the woman caught in adultery, because Jesus knows it takes two to tango, Jesus bent down and wrote in the sand. We don't know what he wrote, but just maybe he was trying to help those men, the scribes and the Pharisees in particular, ready to stone her to see this woman possessed a feminine genius, something she alone could teach them. And what do we read in the Scriptures? And in response, they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. Praise to be Jesus Christ.